Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And for families that don't have a regular table height table, if you have bar height or counter height, the high chairs don't reach that high, right? Because the high chair tip test, those high chairs would never pass the high chair tip test if they were that elevated. And then even if they did pass the tip test at that height, the base or the footprint of the high chair that would be required in order to pass the test would be so big that this would be like a massive like ladder-esque high chair in the middle of your kitchen, which you definitely would not want. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. Well, hello and welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about safe high chair positioning. So what are the things that you can do to ensure that even before your baby takes their very first bite, that they're seated properly in a safe high chair? Now, I've done a couple of other high chair related episodes in the past with different angles. So one of the earliest ones is episode seven, why your baby's high chair needs a footrest. We'll talk a little bit about the importance of footrest, but I go into way more detail in it in episode seven. So if you go to blwpodcast.com slash seven, that's really basic info about the footrest. In episode 92, I had Kirsty Vondras on. She's an ergonomist who works for Peter Ofsvik. So he is the designer who created both the Nomi high chair and the Trip Trap high chair. So the Stoka Trip Trap high chair we'll talk a little bit about today. And then the later iteration of, of his high chair for the next generation, his grandchildren essentially, is called the Nomi high chair. And she's talking all about how to choose a safe seat for your baby to eat. That interview is episode 92. And then I also had Jeff Durkey from Nomi high chair. He's previously worked with Stoka and the Trip Trap. At the time of that interview, he's working with Nomi. Since that time, Stoka now assumed the rights to sell the Nomi high chair in the United States. So they're selling both the Trip Trap and the Nomi. So things have kind of changed a little bit. And for transparency's sake, I want to disclose my previous financial relationships with high chair companies. I was previously an affiliate for Nomi high chair. I no longer am now that they've been assumed by Stoka, but I have and continue to do paid work with Stoka to help promote the Trip Trap high chair. As a practical application here, I use both of those high chairs, the Stoka Trip Trap and the Nomi high chair. For all seven of my kids, my kids are older now, but we have their chairs. We use the Nomi chairs around our breakfast table. And then I have trip traps that they use for their homework. And I love those because both of those chairs have adjustable footrests. We'll talk about the importance of that today. So I purchased most of those myself. Some of them were gifted. And when I work with babies, I use either the Nomi or the trip trap. And then if it's a gifted high chair, I always disclose that as well. 
I like to start each of these mini training episodes with a baby led weaning tip of the day. And the tip I want to share with you today is that you do not need to spend a lot of money to provide a safe seat for your baby to eat. With a lot of the chairs that I've gotten for other families, I buy them off of Facebook Marketplace or offer up the Stoka Trip Trap High Chair, which is one of my two preferred high chairs for baby led weaning. It has been on the market since 1972. There are so many chairs in circulation. One of the problem is those chairs really hold their value and they're very well built. So you'll see some chairs that have been around for decades and grandkids are still eating on the same chairs that their parents ate on. But when families get done with them and they resell them, you can usually get a used trip trap for around $75 to $90, depending this is in the United States, where you are geographically. So sometimes with the other chairs, let's say you buy a $30 high chair from Ikea, and then you have to pay $30 to put an aftermarket footrest on it because that antelope high chair doesn't come with a footrest. And then you buy one or two of the cute decoration things like the placemats and you're looking at you've already spent $100 on a chair that's not nearly as safe as the trip trap and certainly will not grow with your child. So my tip is buy your used trip trap. If you've got a high chair that you don't like, a lot of people get angry when we start teaching about high chairs. Like someone gave me the worst high chairs. Like, yeah, dude, I've been gifted so many bad high chairs. Some of them send to grandparents' houses. Some of them we give away. Some of them literally were designed for the landfill in the first place. But if you can get your hands, you know, wherever your child is going to eat three times a day for the next 13 so odd years of their life in this one chair, it's worth spending a little bit of money on, but you can buy them used and you can retrofit chairs that you already have. So we'll get into that today. I, I want to share a quick story about the dumbest high chair I ever bought with my oldest child. I remember we were on vacation in Maine back when I had one kid and we could like fly and she was free and sat on our laps. It was the best. And she was like just starting solid foods and we were at my husband's family's aunt's house and she had a high chair there and Molly was just sitting in it. She hadn't started solid foods yet. And I was like, oh, this chair is cool. And then I like started researching high chairs and I saw this high chair. It's like, oh my gosh, I got to get a high chair delivered when I get home because we have to start solid food. So I ordered it from Maine. We live in San Diego and it was a chair. I don't want to say the name of it because I don't want to brand bash, but the chair reclines. Like the design feature was your baby can lay back in this chair guess what? If you wanted to design a high chair that would choke a baby, you would put it in a reclining position, right? Your baby's back needs to be flat. I know this now, but this was like 10 years ago. I had absolutely no idea. Like I was like, well, why would they sell a high chair that's unsafe? We're going to get into that today because a lot of high chairs out there are actually unsafe. This chair was like fancy. I remember I got it in orange and I was like, oh, this baby stuff in orange is kind of hard to come by. And I was like, this is totally going to pop in my breakfast nook. It took up like half of the breakfast nook, by the way, plus it reclined, which is totally unsafe. You never want your baby in a reclining position when you're starting solid foods. And I know some people defend that chair like, oh, well, it's so the baby can lay back and feed themselves their own bottle. It's like, mm, well, high chairs are for eating food. So the inclination is if you can recline it, you should be reclining your baby when they eat food. And that's certainly not the case. So <laughs> remember when I had quadruplets after that, had to get rid of the high chair. We got this quadruplet feeding table and I had to get rid of the high chair. And I remember like selling it on Craigslist and feeling so guilty, like, you know, how you're like not supposed to sell your car seats and stuff like that. But I was like, well, what's the deal with high chairs? Like you're technically allowed to sell them. But like, I now know that this chair is dangerous. So like the guy that who bought it from, I gave him like a total discount. I was like, this is how much this chair costs. I hate it because it reclines. Now I specialize in infant feeding. Please don't ever let your baby sit backwards. I'm sure he was like, ma'am, can I just please have the high chair without the lecture? So anyway, the reclining high chair is kind of silly and completely unnecessary. Let's get into the actual meat of the episode talking about safe high chair positioning. And we're talking about when babies are starting solid foods at or around six months of age. We want you to choose a sturdy high chair. You have to ensure that the high chair is stable with a wide base to prevent tipping over. Now, you don't have to worry about this. 
in most countries because there are standards. So the high chair tip test, for example, it's a safety evaluation that's conducted on high chairs and it's intended to assess their stability and their resistance to tipping over. Okay, nobody's talking about choking here. As a dietitian specializing in infant feeding, my concern about your baby being safe in a high chair, yes, I don't want them to tip over and fall out, but I would also like them not to choke on foods. And so you'll notice as we go through kind of what's involved in the tip test, it only cares about not tipping over. It doesn't really give any credence to, well, is this chair designed to help reduce the risk of choking? So in the United States, the safety standards are primarily established and regulated by the Consumer Product Safety Commission, the CPSC. So this is a federal agency that's responsible for ensuring the safety of consumer products, including children's and baby products like high chairs. So with the tip test, it's like a specific amount of force that's applied to the high chair in lots of directions to assess its stability and its tipping resistance, with the goal being to ensure that this chair is going to stay stable, the kid is not going to tip over it, even when a child leans or pushes on it, which those of you with older babies know, or older children, they're going to test it, right? So this test is evaluating the high chair's stability when the kid is seated and actively using it. And then if the chair passes the test, it's considered to be safe for use. So in the United States, high chairs are subject to these stringent safety standards that, and that's their language, set forth by the CPSC. And the goal is to help reduce the risk of injuries. So some other factors that high chairs, you know, they're looking at to see, okay, stability and tip resistance. We touched on that about passing the high chair tip test um, that has a safety harness or restraint system. So high chairs are required to have a safety harness or a restraint system to secure the child in the chair to prevent them from falling or climbing out. That's the end of the, the legalese. This is me, the dietitian, chiming in, but your six-month-old baby doesn't crawl and they're not going to climb out. And so I never put the straps on the trip trap or the Nomi high chair early on in baby led weaning. If when there's a higher risk of choking, when you're just starting solid foods, I don't want to be fumbling with straps that, by the way, you don't even need because your baby's not going to climb out if I need to quickly extract that baby from the high chair and administer back blows and CPR. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit betterhelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. When the child becomes older and they start pushing up or popping up on their feet on the footrest and they're trying to climb out and they're starting to crawl, heck yeah, then you put the straps on. But that's to those two particular chairs because I know that they come with a baby guard that holds the baby in. There are some other chairs where you certainly do need the harness right from the outset because there's nothing else holding the baby in and they could like literally fall out. And with baby led weaning, our ultimate intent is to pull the baby up to the table. And so part of the reason why Peter Opsvik designed the 
Stoka Trip Trap back in 1972. It was designed without a tray, intended to be pulled up to the table so that the baby can begin participating in family meals from their first bites. But there's this like plastic baby guard that's attached to the chair, which I generally will keep on until the baby's around 15-ish months of age or so. Usually they like just get too big to fit in there anymore. Then when you remove the baby set from either the Nomi or the trip trap, then you certainly do need to put the straps on. But there'll be a period when your baby starts crawling around eight, nine months of age or trying to get out of the chair where you need to have the baby set and the straps on. But I do not do the straps from the earliest ages. I say that and some people point out, well, how come in your content, you will sometimes have the baby strapped in. If I'm being paid by the brand, the lawyers say you have to, you can only feature the baby with the straps on. So I'll be like, here's the baby strapped in. And again, the, the straps on the high chair, they're not harmful. They do sometimes impede the baby's ability to like, Across their midline. And sometimes they're like way too big for the early eaters, but I will put them on if that's what the brand wants. Cause it's not dangerous to do so because I know how to get the baby out of that high chair very quickly. If I needed to, it's like with your baby's car seat, like remember how hard it was for you. You're fumbling around with the straps when you're trying to get them in the car seat to take them home from the hospital. And you're like, this could take me an hour to get this baby in and out of the car seat. And then like a few weeks later, like you could literally do it in your sleep. The same thing happens with the harness. Um, some other things that regulators are looking for with regards to safety in a high chair, lead and phthalate con content. So high chairs have to comply with regulations that limit the content of lead and certain phthalates, which are harmful chemicals if they're using different materials used in construction. Also BPA restrictions. So high chairs are subject to restrictions on the use of BPA. That's a chemical found in some plastics. Um, in certain components like food contact surfaces and materials that may come into contact with the child, they have to be BPA free. Um, and then like labeling and user instructions, high chairs should come with clear and comprehensive user instructions. <laughs> My husband disagrees as the one who has to always put these high chairs together, including information on proper assembly, use and maintenance. Yeah, but we also always just go to YouTube and watch somebody else doing it much more efficiently than the manual will. And then recall reporting is important. So manufacturers have to report any defects or safety issues related to those high chairs promptly. And so in the case of product recalls, you know, you guys see these all over social media, et cetera, but like consumers then have to be informed to take the necessary action. So that's what the regulators are looking for when they provide, you know, guidance on high chair safety. But notice how none of that has to do with reducing choking risk. This is all about preventing physical harm or injury to the baby, which yeah, we need to do as well. But I just want to acknowledge, like there are no guidelines about footrests. You can do a lot of education on the importance of your baby having their feet resting flat on a solid footplate or footrest, even when they are just starting solid foods, no dangling legs. Your baby who is learning how to eat is going to gag. When they gag, they're going to stomp their feet down. They're going to engage their core and they're going to utilize the head strength that they have and the neck control to push the food forward and out of the back of their mouth as they're learning how to eat. If they don't have the footrest upon which they can rest their feet to start that chain reaction of events, it increases the risk of choking. And look at most high chairs. You walk down the high chair aisle at Target. None of them have an adjustable footrest. A lot of these high chairs are very, very cheaply designed, even though like other things at Target, right? Like they say like all the makeup comes out of like the same three factories. And some of it's priced very high and some of it's priced very low. A lot of it's just marketing and branding you are probably going to have to take your fancy high chair and do some sort of a DIY with books or yoga blocks affixed with a bungee cord or Amazon boxes, whatever the case may be, to elevate the footrest so that your baby's feet can be resting properly. A couple of other considerations about safe high chair positioning. We want your baby positioned in what I call the three by 90 setup. 90 degree angle at three points. 90 degrees at your baby's waist, 90 degrees at your baby's knees, and 90 degrees at your baby's ankle. Every single day, I personally answer all of the DMs on my Instagram. I do have like a very, very robust cut and paste doc that helps me, but that's me in there adding my own two cents. And a lot of the questions are, Katie, my high chair is too big for my baby. Their feet stick straight out. 
I can get their waist at a 90 degree angle, but there's no way I can get their knees or their ankles at a 90 degree angle. Well, then do not feed your baby in that position. You need to push your baby's bottom forward and in order to support them. I know they're sitting up on their own because we're not starting solid foods until your baby can sit on their own, but you may have to roll up a towel or two or a pillow or a jacket, whatever you may have to keep your baby from swimming around in the high chair. I'll kind of wedge it between their back to help keep their back flat and push that bottom as far forward as you can within, you know, if it has straps, you have to take that into consideration. Some of these high chairs have a massive like bubble that goes between the crotch that impedes the ability to push the baby forward. Can we take the tray off of that high chair and put the straps on the baby, bring them up to the table or whatever the feeding surface may be if the tray is getting in the way? And sometimes the answer is just no. We have to buy a very affordable, portable high chair that we can make some adjustments to until the time where the baby's knees can be at the 90 degree angles so that their ankles can be at the 90 degree angles. I realized before in researching for this episode, I don't think I've ever done an episode on the podcast about portable high chairs. I do tons of visual stuff like on YouTube and on Instagram about portable high chairs and blog posts about them. But I'm going to do an episode on portable high chairs that are very, very affordable. I think it's worth having one to begin with. Some families end up just buying it because like, oh, shoot, my big high chair doesn't work yet. Um, and if you can't return it or give it back, whatever the case may be, you just use a portable one in the meantime until your baby can fit. So the three by 90 setup is 90 degrees at the waist, 90 degrees at the knees and 90 degrees at the ankles. So having your baby seated properly with their feet resting on that solid foot plate, those to me are the most important considerations before your baby starts solid foods. Now, if you have to use a tray, so we talked about the high chair tip test, the high chairs that are designed that pass the tip test they don't go as high as bar height or counter height. So we have some families who only have like a bar height or counter height, either bar area to eat at or a bar height or counter height table. If the high chair were high enough to reach that, the footprint or the base of the high chair would have to be so big to pass the tip test that you would like never want that high chair in your kitchen. And to be honest, a lot of like the conventional high chairs that you can buy out there, the footprint is already so big. You're like, oh my gosh, people in small spaces are like, this thing is taking up half of my kitchen. One thing I love about the Stoka, Trip Trap and the Nomi high chair is that they have very small footprints. So they pass the tip test and there's different regulations in different parts of the world, but the Stoka Trip Trap has been around since 1972 and it's like you know, millions and millions of them sold, universally available. The Nomi only received approval in the United States it was around the time my twins were starting solid foods. I think that was like 2018-ish. So I've used both of those chairs with all of my kids and I like that they they look nice. I often laugh that the most expensive piece of furniture in our house is a Nomi high chair. The Nomi's certainly on the pricier side. And because it's newer, there's not as many of them on the used market. So that's a little bit of a bummer. But I've done a lot of comparisons between the high chairs. I think pick the one that works for you. When it comes down to cost, a lot of times you're going to be more inclined to find a used trip trap on the market that you can get for less than 100 bucks, which I think is a very good deal. These are chairs that hold up to around 300 pounds. So they will grow with your child through adolescence. Your kid still needs to have their feet resting flat on the solid foot plate even after they pass infancy, right? That's important for reducing choking risk. It helps children with concentration. See this a lot with homework. Once my kids started sitting in their chairs for homework and they're less fidgety because their feet are resting flat, we can get done with homework faster. And it's always a win for me. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
when you're choosing a high chair, if it has an adjustable seat and an adjustable footrest, that is ideal. Okay. Because it's not just the footrest. I love both the Nomi and the Trip Trap because the seat height changes as well. And I've got my nine-year-old sitting in her Trip Trap for homework, my quad sitting in their Nomi's for breakfast, whatever the case may be, because both the seat and the footrest adjust. And then when babies come over and I turn my kitchen when they're at school into a baby feeding I don't want to say farm, that sounds bad, but like a baby feeding environment, right? So we're doing video shoots and recipe testing and helping other families start solid foods. I can take all of their chairs and in like five seconds, convert them back into high chairs. It's not like you have to keep a high chair in your garage if someone comes over with a baby, which I absolutely love because I love having babies over to eat. But back to the tip test, remember those high chairs are not going to be able to reach to bar height or counter height, in which case you may need to put a tray on the chair. And both the Stoka Trip Trap and the Nomi high chair come with a tray. If you had to, or for outdoor dining, you can put the tray on there. The tray, there's no hard and fast rules about where the tray should fall, but it should be around your baby's nipple line. Okay. A lot of the trays go like up to the baby's neck. Parents send me these pictures and it's like, is the tray choking the baby? The baby's so slouched down. It's like designed for literally a two-year-old who you wouldn't keep in a traditional high chair with a tray at two years of age. They should definitely be eating at the, the table. Like who designed this thing? It's like the tray is at the baby's neck. There's no way that the baby is going to have that full range of motion with their arms that we know they need to learn how to eat safely. So when you're repositioning your baby, sometimes putting a cushion on them, putting a pillow behind them, like you're doing some adaptations to your high chair to make that tray hit around their nipple line, which is ideal. But in a best case scenario, take the tray off if you can and get the baby up to the table. One other thing regarding safe high chair positioning, which is a little bit adjacent, but is in the importance of taking a refresher infant CPR course before your baby starts solid foods. I like to remind parents that the research shows us that there's no higher risk of choking when you start solid foods with a baby-led approach compared to conventional adult-led spoon feeding, but that's provided only when parents are educated about reducing choking risk. So having listened to this episode to this point, you know the most important components of reducing choking risk. Baby seated in a high chair with their back flat, waist at 90 degrees, knees at 90 degrees, angles at 90 degrees, and those feet are resting flat on a solid foot plate. We don't want a tray impeding with their ability to have a full range of motion. If you do have a tray, make sure it's one where your baby can cross their midline and reach around and pick the foods up. That's important when they're learning how to eat. So you are doing your part there to help reduce the risk of choking. You also need to make sure that you're preparing the foods safely. So that's where my program, Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro, with our 100 First Foods content library, my 100 First Days meal plan comes into effect. I can teach you how to make all of these foods safe for your baby's different ages and stages. If you want to check that out, you can go to babyledweaning.co slash program, but you also should know CPR. So knowing CPR can save your child's life. I recommend that all parents take an infant refresher CPR course before they start solid foods. And anybody who is involved in taking care of and particularly feeding your baby should also know CPR. There's a wonderful online CPR course that I myself take each quarter. I have a link to it where you're listening to this podcast episode. The affiliate discount code Katie10 will take an additional $10 off. And if you're particularly anxious about choking, I do teach a choking prevention and response course with a certified CPR instructor and a speech language pathologist who specializes in pediatric swallowing, that's on the same page as where the CPR class is. So if you click that, the code KD10 works for $10 off of both of those. And you can do your part to educate yourself to reduce choking risk so that when you do start solid foods, you're giving your baby and you're setting them up for success to learn how to safely start solid foods. I will link all of the resources from this episode, as well as some other episodes about high chair safety in the show notes for this episode, which you can find at blwpodcast.com forward slash 377. 
A special thank you to our partners at Airwave Media. If you guys like podcasts that feature food and science and using your brain, check out some of the podcasts from Airwave. We're online at blwpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. From the terrifying power of tornadoes to sizzling summer temperatures, AccuWeather Daily brings you the top trending weather-related story of the day, seven days a week. You can learn a lot in just a few minutes with stories about impending hurricanes, winter storms, or even what not to miss in the night sky. So listen and subscribe to AccuWeather Daily wherever you get your podcasts. That's AccuWeather Daily wherever you get your podcasts.